Hello, listeners. Thank you so much for listening to our show. You can take your listening further and support our work by becoming a member. Members receive an ad-free listening experience, members-only bonus content, an invitation to join the DSR Network Slack community, a members-only newsletter, and members-only blog posts. For the month of February, take 5% off the regular membership price. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code daily. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy code daily. Thank you. It's February 3rd, 2023, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Cotnor. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. The BBC is reporting that the U.S. is tracking a suspected Chinese surveillance balloon that has been spotted flying over sensitive sites in recent days. Defense officials said they were confident the high-altitude surveillance balloon belonged to China. It was most recently seen above the western state of Montana. China warned against speculation and hype until the facts are verified. The Defense Department said there was no significantly enhanced threat of U.S. intelligence being compromised because American officials know exactly where this balloon is and exactly where it's passing over. The Peruvian Congress has voted down another proposal to bring forward elections to 2023, a day after a similar bid was turned down amid nationwide protests that are shaking the country's economy, according to Al Jazeera. Peru has been embroiled in a political crisis with near-daily demonstrations since December 7th, when then-President Pedro Castillo was arrested after attempting to dissolve Congress and rule by decree. At least 48 people, including a police officer, have been killed in clashes between security forces and protesters, according to the Human Rights Ombudsman's Office. Bolarte's government began to show additional cracks yesterday with the departure of Raul Molina, a chief advisor. Five ministers in Bolarte's government have resigned since she came to power in December. The Straits Times is reporting that yesterday, Sweden's government proposed new legislation to ban activities linked to extremist groups in a move to toughen anti-terror laws, which is a key demand from Turkey to approve Stockholm's NATO bid. The proposed legislation widens the scope of activities that can be prosecuted. Actions such as handling equipment, organizing camps or locations for meetings, cooking, or being in charge of transportation for designated terrorist organizations would be criminalized under the new law. Negotiations between Sweden and Turkey have stalled since Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan criticized Swedish police for allowing a far-right activist to burn a copy of the Quran outside Turkey's Stockholm embassy. Elsewhere, according to the Süddeutsche Zeitung, the German government wants to release the transfer of Leopard 1 battle tanks 
from industrial stocks to Ukraine. Formally, however, the approval has not yet been granted, as the German press agency learned from government circles. According to the report, according to the report, there have been problems with the procurement of ammunition so far. Last week, the federal government decided to deliver 14 Leopard battle tanks from Bundeswehr stocks to Ukraine. In addition, it allowed other states to supply such battle tanks from German production. Foreign ministers of the 10-member Association for Southeast Asian Nations, ASEAN, are meeting in Indonesia's capital today for an annual get-together, the agenda of which has been overshadowed by the deteriorating situation in Myanmar. According to Deutsche Welle, the ministers are meant to focus on food, energy security, and cooperation in finance and health. However, analysts expect the military takeover in Myanmar will dominate discussions, despite the host country's resolve to not let the issues hold the bloc hostage. Myanmar is one of the 10 ASEAN countries, but its foreign minister is not in attendance. The exclusion resulted from Myanmar's lack of cooperation on the five-step agreement between ASEAN and Myanmar's senior general, Minong Lang. The deal called for Myanmar to allow a special ASEAN envoy to meet the imprisoned former leader, Aung San Suu Kyi, to promote dialogue. Reuters reports that Honduras and the United Nations launched a humanitarian aid plan aiming to reach more than 2 million of the Central American country's most vulnerable people. The plan requires some $280 million in funding to help those hit by recent crop failures caused by drought, historic flooding from tropical storms, and insecurity caused by drug trafficking and gangs, the United Nations said in a statement. The funds will come from the Honduran government, humanitarian organizations, and other donors, it said, adding the plan would be presented later this month in Geneva in the hope of attracting support from other countries. Nearly 100 projects will be funded under the plan this year, including food supply and crop restoration programs, assistance to deportees and internally displaced people, as well as health and water access programs. According to the AP, an ivory spoon dating back 2,700 years that was recently repatriated to the Palestinian Authority from the U.S. has sparked a dispute with Israel's new far-right government over the cultural heritage in the occupied West Bank. The clash brings into focus the political sensitivities surrounding archaeology in the Middle East, where Israelis and Palestinians each use ancient artifacts to support their claims over the land. The artifact, a cosmetic spoon made of ivory and believed to have been plundered from the site in the West Bank, was seized in late 2021 by the Manhattan District Attorney's Office as part of a deal with the New York billionaire hedge fund manager, Michael Steinhardt. American officials handed the artifact over to the Palestinian Ministry of Tourism and Antiquities on January 5th in what the U.S. State Department's Office of Palestinian Affairs said was the first event of such repatriation 
by the U.S. to the Palestinians. The Israeli Antiquities Authority declined to comment on the artifact's repatriation to the Palestinians. In lighter news from the AP, Rio de Janeiro's brutal summer heat has reached 122 degrees Fahrenheit on some recent days, sending locals to cool off in the ocean. There weren't many options for residents of the city zoo, however, until a team of experts started offering them exotic frozen treats. The flavors of ice given to the zoo's carnivores aren't found at your average summer hotspot. Chicken, minced meat, and bovine blood. But 14-year-old lion Simba and the 3-year-old black jaguar Potty lapped it up. The ice brings cooling relief to the animals which take their time eating it, and the feeding ritual is a novel sight for visitors. Many of the children seem fascinated by the activity, and they express surprise when they found out the ingredients of the different flavors, which vary according to the species. If you'd like to see a video of Chris and I trying the blood-flavored ice, be sure to shoot us an email at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. That's all the news we have for you this week. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. Last weekend, we spoke with John Temin of the Truman National Security Project about the latest news coming from Africa. If you aren't a member, go to the DSRnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.